listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have David Leo on this Wednesday, the 29th of November. Another live one. Another live program, and this is actually going to be our last live program on a Wednesday for this year. Sadly, yes. So we're going to take a break for a little while. And uh, we all need a break. We need a break, and uh, we will come back next year. We've got some plans. Hopefully, we'll be able to come back um, five days a oh, week. Oh yes, please pray for that. We're trying to do that. So, our listeners, if you're there, if you'd like us back five days a week, do uh, let us know, and yes. uh, we will try to make it happen. Maybe we need your prayers to help. Yeah, us absolutely. Well. Please, please pray for that. Because mm. uh, we we do love uh, presenting programs, and we love the interactions that we have mm. with you. So. On this day, David, in 1898, um, I know we talked about C.S. Lewis, uh, I think, last week or the week before. He passed away, but yeah. on this day in 1898, he was born. Wow. So uh, he was an interesting character and wrote many books. Yeah, he's, got, he's, he's the one that's responsible for the, um, uh, what's it called, the tri, trilineal? Trilineal paradox was basically the uh, the understanding is um if jesus is who he says he is uh, he can either he can only be three things he's either telling the truth he's a liar or a lunatic mm. so that was the, if, if you ever heard that that was from c.s lewis he's the one that, that he's the one that that uh, put that challenge forward i have heard that and uh yeah, yeah. and it's still relevant today i mean it's a good good argument. I, I, I really want to read more of his writings because I think he's a fascinating man. And he I've, is. I've read only a little bit, but what I've read has been, uh, you know, really makes me think about things. So. Yeah, I've got, um, is, it, is it the book, is it uh, Mere Christianity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I read a cheat version of that. I read like a 60-page revision. Okay. <laughs> but a friend told me, no, nah, read the whole book. I said, oh, okay, but I haven't, haven't to this day. Just read the revision one. But uh, wow, what a great what a great man that uh, left the legacy yeah. for us. Hey, the, the, the line, the Witch in the Wardrobe, and Narnia, yeah, the and, Narnia series, yep. which has been made into children, movies. Children love it, and they yeah. get an understanding of uh, the plan of salvation, and the gospel. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, um, this I said was our last episode this year, uh, but of course, all of our past episodes are available online. You can listen to those. Perhaps mm. uh, during the break, you can look up them on uh, the website faithfm.com.au and you can have a listen to any of our past programs that we have produced they're yeah. all there yeah uh, today david we're sort of doing a bit of a wrap-up of your series on worship yes it's a wrap-up and also i'm revealing i'm revealing what i'm hoping that i've communicated uh through our whole episode of why it's important to worship and, and i'm talking about worship has everything to do with us Knowing, and I think I've mentioned this in our episodes, knowing God and Jesus Christ, as it says in John 17, 3, knowing God and His only Son, Jesus Christ, equals eternal life. That's what it says. But where this falls on is knowing God and Jesus Christ actually means knowing who we are. Mm. And that's, you know, that's why it's important to worship, to stay connected and in tune with God to know who you are, because I really think we're in a 
time and space now where it's fast tracking that we're losing who we are, losing our identity. I, yeah. I have a theory, David. You can comment on this. Tell me whether you think I'm right or not. Okay. <laughs> I have a theory that um, no matter what we try to do in life, no matter what uh, pursuits we have or, or whatever, if we're not connected to God, or let me rephrase this, when we are connected with God, I believe that is the only time that we are truly um, living our full purpose. And uh, I think you're going to be talking a little bit later in the program about you know how how knowing God helps us you know live our purpose. But yeah, I, I definitely don't I, I don't disagree with you because what you're saying is actually actually biblical. I'm trying to look it up. I'm trying to look up where this is said. I'm looking at Ecclesiastes four eleven. I don't know why I'm going there, but I'm hoping hoping this is it. Nope. It's not, that's not the one I'm after. Okay. You can, you <laughs> can have like, a look during the break. <laughs> yeah. But it basically says that um, there is a vacuum that only God can fill. Yes. Yeah, that's, a, that's what the Bible mm. says. And so you're absolutely right. And I have to say, and this is you're probably saying that for the same reason that I, I, I can resonate with what you're saying, is that when I have been in that situation, there is a sense of true freedom. There's a sense of every burden's off your shoulders that, you know, wow, I'm truly loved by God. Like, you know, like, that this is how powerful grace is. Like, um, I'm part of his family. You know, mm. like, what did, I, what did I do to deserve this? You know, this is a, this is an amazing thing to be at. But um, I, I will, I will touch on that definitely. And so I, I mentioned the word identity crisis, right? Mm. And um, you know, before passports, <laughs> before passports, licenses, um, you know, Centrelink, Medicare numbers, and all that kind of stuff. Let's let's go back 150 years. How how did we how did we know who we were? How do how did we get our identity uh, from our family? Right. Okay. But that was one thing, obviously. Yeah, I was actually imagine when I said that I was imagining, um, uh, for lack of a better word, I was, I was imagining the Caucasian environment, mm-hmm. and I was and I was actually thinking of Tasmania, you know, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, man, 100 years ago there was lots of land here, you know, the families they probably still have a legacy here. Families will own farms and whatnot. And, um, and they, they often had a profession that sort of um, was passed down. passed down through the generations as well. That's right. If you're a cheesemaker, you're going to teach your kids yeah. how to make the or cheese. If you're a blacksmith or, you'll you know, pass that down. Yeah. yeah, so your your identity was um, basically based on the person's the daughter of, you know, John Smith, who was the blacksmith, mm. you know, and that person's the son of, you know, Whoever, but that's how we identified, and the, and the community knew who they were, right? So we've we've gone from a long way from being identified as part of a family and community, or let's say village, for what we, we're talking about, to people that are identified by their numbers, you know, by our licenses and our passports and all that kind of stuff. And it's getting even um, even crazier, you know. I, I just showed you this. There's a there's an organization called McCrindle. And I'm finding them incredibly handy. McCrindle, they do all the studies on the social culture of uh, the Western world. Things like, um, you know, what, 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 what is influencing the, the, the young generation? How did culture influence this particular generation? For example, I've got a, I've got a chart here and I showed, I showed Jason this morning. This chart starts with generations. It starts with, um, builders. Which which contribute to people that were born 1925 to 1945. You got the baby boomers, who were around the 1946 to 1964 generation X. I fall in that. I just fall at the very end. It says 1965 to 1979. 
that's when they were born. Generation Y, or the millennials. 1980 to 1994, Generation Z, 1995 to 2009, and Generation Alpha, which is Crindle's calling the ones that are born in 2010 and 2024. Now, here's just one example, starting from the builders. When they used to listen to music, they listened to on a record player. Mm. The next generation, baby boomers are listening to cassettes. I still remember the cassettes, actually. Mm-hmm. But then my generation also had the Walkmans. Do you remember the Walkmans, Jason? Yeah, we yep. put the cassette tapes in there, mm-hmm. and, yep, and then... The millennials had the iPod. Generation Z have a Spotify with the internet. And you've got the generation um, alpha who just have smart speakers. And you just speak to the speaker and say, can you play this? And they'll play it for you. Can you play this album? And they'll play it for you, podcast. But there is there is a huge generation shift. And, and then it's also got leadership styles. You know, the builders had a controlling leadership style. One person at the head. They tell everyone what to do. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with that because of the culture that I come from. And then it's got, um, you know, the, the, it starts leading down to my generation, which has more facilitating. You know, they, they join with the people and kind of inspire them by showing and guiding and things like this. Now, when you mix these cultures together, you're going to have some challenges. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you like you get you get a somebody that's familiar with controlling, and he gets a generation millennial. Being his supervisor, mm. he's gonna say, what, "What are you doing? Just tell us what to do. Mm. You know, show, you just tell us what to do, and I'll do it." You know, mm. like, well, why, why are you coming here and doing it with us? You know, like you, yeah. you should be doing other things. Mm. And so, there's a real clash of um, as the generations go on. You know, as identity as identity um, changes from generation to generation, how people are moving away from the family. I've been talking about worship, and one of the big things that is happening. You know, like. Uh, I, I just recently studied you on the Generation Alpha, and uh, it said this is the first generation where the parents' generation, which is my generation, gener- um, the the millennials and the Generation X, they are the first ones to pacify their kids with digital devices. There's been no generation before that that have been pacified by this type of thing. Mm. So I guess previously we had television, but. That's different to a digital. That's right. You can just turn the television off, yeah. you know. Like, um, and if and if the generation's addicted to the device themselves, man, you've got you've got a detachment from birth, mm. you know. And so that's just that's just a s- small example of why we're talking about identity worship and the importance of uh, the engagement. So in 2023, about to be 2024 soon, isn't it? In 2000, in the modern age that we're living in, worship is really important. That that children engage with the adults, that children engage with their parents, that children engage with whoever's in there, and there's actually personal engagement. There's face-to-face uh, talk. There's face-to-face um, relationship. And that, and there's nothing that can replace that. You know, uh, virtuality is not going to replace it. Talking on FaceTime is not going to replace it. That need of sitting together as a community, as people, is one thing that the... I hate using this word... But God giving us this device of worship to keep us in tune to understand who we are in Christ Jesus. So Mm. we'll get into that uh, more as we go along. We've got a question for our listeners today, and uh, I think it's an important question. I'll ask you to answer as well, maybe now or after the break. Um, What aspect of worship do you think is most important to share with your family and friends? So uh, that's the question we've got for you this morning. Text us in. We also had uh, Christopher text us in to say five days a week of live Tassie encounters would be a huge blessing for the salvation of souls. Amen. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you for the encouragement. So. 
We're going to go to a break, but uh, yeah, this um, this question, what aspect of worship do you think is most important to share with your family and friends? Text us in on 0488 880 This is There Was Jesus by Zach Williams and Dolly Parton. Every time I try to make it on my Every time I try to stand and start to fall And all those lonely roads that I traveled on There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground When the friends I had were nowhere to be found I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now Well, there was Jesus In the waiting, in the searching In the healing, in the hurting Like a blessing buried in the broken pieces Heaven For this man who needs amazing kindness For forgiveness at a price I couldn't pay And I'm not perfect so I thank God every day There was Jesus There was Jesus In the way, in the searching, in the healing In the valleys There was Jesus In the shadows of the alleys There was Jesus In the fire and the floods There was Jesus Always is and always was No Listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and we're speaking with David Leo on our last Wednesday program for the year, our last live program, 
And this is a, uh, a wrap-up of our Worship at Home series. Mm. And we asked you a question, what aspect of worship do you think is most important to share with your family and friends? And I was telling David during the break that for me, I think you, we really talked about three things, didn't we? We talked about right. reading the Word, um, speaking the Word through prayer, and uh, sharing the Word. Yep. Um, so for me, it's got to start at the beginning <laughs> and Unless you read it, unless you're communicating with God through prayer, then you've got nothing to share. Mm. So for me, um, I think it's really important to uh, understand the, the importance of, of reading and, uh, and praying. Yeah. Mm. I think when you said you'll ask me, I was thinking about my children, and I really want to, uh, I really hope that they would see the uh, importance of relationship as far as, you know, we're talking about physical, sitting with people physically and looking at them and sharing with them and not, not get so caught up in the digital world of, you know, this is my, these, these are my community, people that are online, you know, and it's great that people can find communities there, but I want them to see that valuing some and you do it in person. Mm. You know, they're, they're, those are, those are really important. So I hope, I hope that really comes across to them that they see that mum and dad invested in people and, mm. you know, had relationships and, really believed in building relationships so that's something i really hope to to pass on mm. but as as we get into our our to- oh, sorry we're going to say something no yeah uh, yeah as we get into our topic we're gonna we're gonna move into move into more about this identity and worship you know the the idea of um i, I hate saying this it sounds so clinical but that god gave instructions to adam and eve how they're to worship and the whole idea of giving them this idea of how, how to worship the how to's um <laughs> sorry i just got distracted yeah, yeah, the, the, amount, the amount of how-to books that we've got on the shelves right yes yeah, so, yeah, so, so many mm. you know but, but god gave them the how-to so they could understand the how to stay connected with them Mm. And he does the same thing with us. We've been given the how-to, mm. and the whole purpose is: I want you to stay connected with me. I don't, mm. I don't want, I don't want you to lose the understanding of where you come from, what you're about, and what I'm, what I've called you to do. Like, this is your purpose. It so, just makes me think, you know, there's all those books, um, you know, for dummies, you know, like Excel yeah. for dummies, and you know, this and that for dummies. Yeah, and it makes me think, you know, <laughs> I'm reading one. I'm the, reading one. Of them. <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> what are you reading? I'm reading <laughs> like, how, to, how to use Adobe Illustrator. Uh, for dummies yeah. <laughs> I sort of feel like you know the Bible is is our how to book isn't it absolutely yeah, yeah this is this is our how to stay mm, how to connect- live yeah <laughs> it's, it's a it's a cry of a father saying to his children please don't forget me mm. you know, please don't forget me it's like um, I'll never forget mum my mum used to say this often growing up when I was probably hitting 14 15 16 she said she said you better not forget to call me when mm. you move off and you get married and blah blah, blah you better not forget to call me, you know. And I, and I don't know. Now, right now, it's every Friday evening after I close Sabbath with my family, and we have dinner and whatever. I call mum. Call mum. Mum, mm. how's it going? You know. So that's the. And when I don't call, she'll call me on Sab on Saturday night. What what happened? Is it, are you busy? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that, this is the this is the plea, and I can and I can hear that plea from mum when she doesn't even have to. She doesn't even have to tell me. You know, mm. I, it, it just comes. Daily, and and this is God's plea to every person in the world. Please call me. Stay connected. Mm, stay connected. I, I want you to. I, I want you to know who you are. I want you to understand where you come from. And we, we, we're now in a time where um, we're really losing that. Mm. And I think it doesn't take a genius. I mean, all, all even secular studies show that 
when you know where you're from and who you are and whatnot, it really builds a strong character, strong resilience. You've got all those uh, programs of um, who do you think you are and things like that that trace your, you know, oh, your heritage. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. And the, the DNA thing. And so, the DNA ancestry yeah. stuff. And so it's, it's, it's definitely a cry. That vacuum that you talked about, I didn't even look it up in the, to find out what the text was, that, that's, um, that is something God built in us. And mm. we're all searching for who our, our true father is, and it's, and it's him. You know, and f- ever since the beginning, if there's anything that Satan's trying to destroy, it's the how-to. It's the relationship with It's him. the relationship yep. with God. It's mm. to destroy that understanding of worship and mm. giving praise to God and credit to God and thankfulness and pleading, you know, please, Lord, you know, forgiveness, keeping that relationship. If there's anything that Satan wants to do is to disconnect that and kill it. Mm. Right, and he so his whole point of uh, when Adam and Eve, when he was tempting them to eat from the tree, he was doing everything he can to say, "Hey, I want to see what it looks like where God said they will surely die. I want to see that, you know." Mm. Like, and and he still wants to see that. This is still Satan's um, Satan's uh, what do you call it? Aim is to disconnect us from God because you know uh, if we disconnect from God, that basically is death. You know, it's we're gone, gone forever. So. Obviously, we have the life of Jesus to learn from. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I know we're going to read a passage here yes. from Matthew 4. And he knew how to deal with life's difficulties, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, the passage we're going to read is basically, yes, no, you're right. How long have I got? Okay, <laughs> really quickly, right? Um, when, when, when Adam and Eve were tempted, there were three things that's, that's, that he tempted. He tempted with something physical. He said, you've got to eat from this tree. Mm-hmm. Right, then he tempted him with um, uh, the, you know, the position of... Um, you'll you know, be like God. You'll be like God yeah. if, you, if you do this. But to begin with, he had to make them doubt God's word. Mm. You know, did God really say? You know, Those were the three things he really he hit them with. And then First John, I think it's First John 2, 15, or First John 3, 15 and 16, it talks about... The, the sins of the world, which is the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, right? He identifies the three things with the same three things that Adam and Eve were tempted with. And these are the things that you, us as humans still get tempted with. Mm. It's the, you know, the pride of, it's the position, it's the possessions. <laughs> if we, you know, we have this understanding that if we have these certain things, if I can get the latest iPhone 15, well, that sounds good, doesn't it? I mean, I just transferred to a Mac, uh, converted to a Mac. Yeah. But, you know, if I just get that iPhone 15, man, I could be something else. If I could just get these particular shoes, if I can get that particular house, this this car, it's going to make me different, more powerful. If I get this position, make me more powerful. You know, if I can, all, all these things that Satan has put in us, everything is to distract us from staying in alignment and having this relationship with God. That's, mm-hmm. that's It's like what you said. You can pursue all those things, but it's not going to bring you're, you're you. Never, you're never going to find your purpose. You're never <clears throat> going to find your purpose, you know. And so, um, in in this passage we're about to read, you'll see that Jesus gets, you know, gets attacked with all three things from Satan, and he doesn't fall for any of them. If you could read, so reading from Matthew chapter four, <coughs> and this is the English Standard Version. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, Mm. but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, 
If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put your Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Yeah, this is a really important important passage. This is, Jesus had to do this before he went on the cross. He was fasting for 40 days, and he came, and Satan came to him in a very uh, place where he was fasting for 40 days, and he strikes the identity mm. straight away. If you are the Son of God, mm. right? Testing. If you, he's trying to he's trying to pull Jesus into this game of, if you do this, it will prove who you are. Yeah. Mm. And he doesn't fall for it. Mm. And, and the first thing is the physical the physical things. Yeah, mm. and it's to do with appetite again, to do with food. You know, I turn these stones into bread because you're hungry. Forty days you've been fasting. He quotes the Bible. God said. Mm. <laughs> God said, "This is this is what the Bible says. But Speaks it, the word." Isn't it interesting? The second time, though, Satan actually quotes scripture. Yeah, <laughs> and now he's trying to he instill doubt. Like, did God really say? Mm. That, isn't this yeah, taking it out of context? Mm. You know, isn't this what God said? So you should do this. And, it, and he replies again, "The word of the Lord." And, and again, he uses that line: "If you are the Son of God, right, attacking the identity. This time, doubting God's word, just like he did with Adam and Eve, but." You know, uh, and, and doesn't doesn't fall for it. And the third one, he goes for position. Mm. You know, worship me, mm. worship me, and I'll give you all these things, and you can be the boss of all these things. And God says, "Go away." You know, <laughs> he says. Actually, the last thing he says is that you shall worship the Lord your God, and only shall you serve God yeah, yeah. again. So now he's hitting home a home run. Now, there's only one. One thing, one, one place to worship, one person to worship, mm. one area where you dedicate your worship, and that is to our God, who, mm. our Creator. You know, and so he, he, the answer to all these things is that the answer to battling Satan and trying to trick us into some type of identity is worship to God. That is our, that is our safe keep. That how to worship is our safe, safe keep of God saying, you know who I am. You know where you're from. You know that I love you, mm. and I'll always love you. You know this is this is where it all falls down. It's an important topic, and uh, we've got more to say and more mm. to read after the break. Um, but just a reminder, our listener question for you today: What aspect of worship do you think is most important to share with your family and friends? Text us in on zero four eight 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 zero eight nine one. And of course, we've got a book offer coming up. Um, it's called As Light Lingers. That's coming up a little bit after the break. Uh, in the next session, we'll give you more information about that. This is Who Am I by Chosen Road. Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt? morning star would choose to light the way from my ever wandering heart no 
Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I am a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow. A wave tossed in the ocean, a vapor in the wind still you. made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we've got David Leo talking about the topic of worship, doing a recap and a summary of our, <clears throat> I think, five parts that we've done so far. 
Um, and David, we just read this passage from Matthew 4 where Jesus was tempted in the desert. And uh, we're going to go on and read some more passages. But um, the key things, you said there were three things here. One was the physical um, yeah, aspect. Yeah, the, um, the doubt, doubt in <clears throat> God's word. Mm-hmm. And also the pride, you know, the, yeah. the position. Of, the position, yeah. Yeah, something and, that we all... And so these are all things that uh, we can often be challenged with in our day-to-day life as well. Yeah, like I, mm. I wish I could back up more argument. But, you know, I, I think you know, we have intelligent listeners, but this is what the world sells us. The mm. world sells us possessions. The world sells us uh, skepticism and doubt and, you know, things that are solid, for example, the Bible. Mm. And you know, the third thing is if you have a higher position, man, you'll be yeah, – this is everything. You know, so if, you, if you're aiming for all three, we, You know, that's, that's a common, common, uh, common denominator in the society that we live in, isn't it? Mm. And so we're challenged, and the, and the point I'm trying to say, we'll be talking about worship at home. Mm. The simplistic and most primitive way of worshiping at home, worship by yourself. We talked about three things in our, in our um, series. It's um, reading the Word, speaking the word, reading the Word is the Bible, speaking the Word is prayer, and sharing the Word where you share your testimony with others, whatever, whatever God's doing in your lives. Those are very simple things you can do at home, mm. right? Using devotionals, whatnot. Um, you could do it by yourself. If you live by yourself, you could do it as a couple. If you live as a couple, you could do it as uh, roommates. If you've got, uh, if you're living with friends, you could do it as, um, and one of the things is, is really important is doing it as a family that we can pass it down to the generations. We look at Genesis 4 and we get a bit of an insight of how God told Adam and Eve how to worship. So there's an implication there um, as we read in Genesis 4. Hope, hopefully we could we could see that. If you could read 3 to 12, 12, please. Yep. And, of course, this is perhaps the first um, example that we have of worship That's in, right. in the Scriptures. Yeah, so, correct. Uh, and, of course, we can also assume that God had instructed them in how to worship. Yes. So, yep. um, again, from the English Standard Version, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to its yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Right, and so we can get we can um, we can learn from this story that Cain brought an offering that wasn't acceptable, mm. and Abel did bring an offering that was acceptable, and God literally says to Cain, "If you do what is right, then don't don't you know I'll accept it." But you're trying to get me to do something that I told you not to do, right? So Cain's trying to play his hand and going, you know, you're going to accept 
the best of my fruit because mm. this is this is what I do. And it's not what he asked. It's not what he asked. Mm. And, and so what what we learn from here is that um, we make we I'm, I'm making all these assumptions. I shouldn't call them assumptions. Educated assumptions, right? In Genesis three verse twenty one, we learn that Adam and Eve uh, they are covered. Their nakedness is covered by skin of an animal, mm. right? So an animal has had, had to die to, to cover their cover their naked bodies. That happened because there was sin, right? And now there's a worship system where they build an altar, and we learn this as we go through through the Old Testament. They build an altar. A dead animal goes on there, the firstborn of the best. And they acknowledge their sin. As a smoke goes up into heaven, they acknowledge that we have a savior that's coming that's represented by this, this, this animal sacrifice. We have somebody that's taken on our sin. So Adam and Eve never got to, um, uh, what well, Adam and Eve, and from then on, they all looked forward to this Messiah that, that was coming. That's a very simplistic way of worship, right? That's the way that God said, God said, here is a, here are the simple things of worship. The acknowledgement that the law has been broken, which is sin. The acknowledgement that somebody else will save you from sin, mm. right? That's nothing to acknowledge, acknowledge the Messiah. I think acknowledges that you have to build an altar in order to understand this whole system. And the fourth thing was that somebody had to lead that worship. And we learn, we learn from Abraham and we learn from Job and we learn from others that it was the father that had to lead this, this, this worship until we get to the, um, until we get to the sanctuary where there's a whole group of people that lead the worship, you know, the high priest and the, the team of priests. But there, those are the four basic elements, the law or, or sin, uh, sin breaking the law, the altar, the, uh, the priest or the, the father in this particular time and also, the um, sacrifice, right? The sacrifice that is looked at. These are the very simplistic way of worship. You get to, um, you get to the end, right? We go to the, we're going to get to the Book of Revelation. Oh man, is that time already? Yeah. Well, okay, Revelation. We get to Revelation thirteen, fifteen to fourteen, verse one, please, Jason. Um, it says, and it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Mm. Also, it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him 144,000, who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Interesting. Right, now we're talking about beasts. This is a, this is a massive subject. We're talking about symbolism and things like that. But what this is talking about, it's symbolic of... We've gone from a primitive family worship. We've been, I've been talking about simple worship at home. Mm. You know, this is something that we need to practice in order to stay connected, know who we're, where we're from, and our purpose in, in, in God. This becomes, this is becoming a global issue now, right? And this shows us that there's, it's going to be global in the fact that there is going to be a power that will ask us, uh, to take on this mark. This is what you will do. This is the how-to. And if we're familiar with the how-to that God has given us, we're going to say, that is not that, the how-to. That's not how God has asked us. <laughs> this is not what it's shown, you know. And, and, and it says that um, 
they will give you a mark. And if you don't have that mark, then you're not going to have the privilege of doing certain things, right? Mm. But in chapter 14, verse 1, it says this. It says the mark that they have is they have his name written on their and foreheads. his father's name written on their forehead. Mm. These are people that are loyal, that understand who they're from. They understand their identity, that they are from God. They understand their purpose and where they're, and where they're coming from. So I'm, I suppose the point I'm trying to make is the simple things will lead up to the understanding of having faith in the bigger things. Mm. That's that's the point I want to get to. And just, we've, got to we've got to keep it simple. Mm. We've got to keep it simple. Yeah. Our book offer today is called As Light Lingers, Basking in the Word of God by Nina Atchison. Uh, it's easy to fill our lives with all the important things while subconsciously dismissing mm. the most important thing, spending time with our loving God who wants to be close to us. When you open your Bible, where do you start? Perhaps you've asked these questions. Where do I start in my Bible? Is there any difference between reading and studying or basking in the Bible? How can I get to know the person behind the words of the pages of my Bible? Whatever you experience, your experience of faith or life circumstances, you will find encouragement, advice and practical strategies in this book as light lingers. In this book, you'll discover how basking in the power of God's word will make you want to linger with God because time with him is so sweet. Mm. That's our book offer. We've got four copies to give away, so stay tuned. The code will be given after the break. And this is Be Thou My Vision by Selah.
are listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM. And uh, we promised the code for our free book offer today. The book offer is As Light Lingers, Basking in the Word of God. And so to claim one of four copies, text in the code WORSHIP and the number six, no spaces. Text WORSHIP6 to 0488880891. David, this is the wrap-up of the wrap-up. Um, what uh, are the key points you would like our listeners to take away from this six-part series now on worship? Before I jump into that, that, that book that we just promoted by Nina Atchison, she actually has this other way of doing worship that I haven't even touched on. She introduces this uh, journaling. Do you do journaling, Jason? No, I haven't for a long time. I have before. Oh, so you have before. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I tried it with this book, with Nina Atchison. I tried to do the journaling thing. It didn't... I don't know why it didn't resonate. Maybe I just didn't try hard enough. But my friends that do journaling, they totally, uh, they vouch for it. They say uh, journaling is basically writing down your thoughts after you've done a Bible study or, or for some people, just they just write down about their lives, what's happening, reflection on their lives. And I, they say it's a really great thing. And I could see how it's beneficial. But if that's something you want to do, then I recommend to you, you know, claim this book and uh, find out how to do journaling in the in the sense of, reading the Bible and um, sharing the Bible and praying as well. So that's, that's something that's awesome. But the key points that you asked, Jason, the key points I want to get to is understanding um, that worship is not a, um, a small thing. If we could try and detach ourselves from thinking of worship and we see a whole heap of people in a building uh, raising their hands and singing, then um, I want you to adjust that thinking and think of worship as you at home with, a, with the Bible and possibly a book like Nina Atchison's, you know, reading the Bible, learning about God, understanding your purpose, uh, you know, what you're meant to be doing, and, uh, you know, and sharing that possibly with the people that live in your home, if you do that together. If that's something they do on a daily basis, then you're really, you're really tuning in to understanding, um, who you are in this world. We talked about in the very, big, very start when we started this, um, this program, you know, I, I really think we're we're falling in danger of allowing um, the world to dictate to us who we are. Mm. It's been happening for generations and generations, and we need to understand that we um, it is God that will sh- that, that reveals to us who we really are. And you said this before, Jason. You said that um, when we are in Jesus, we can pursue everything, but. When we find out who we are in Jesus, there's a real sense of freedom in that, mm. you know. And um, I, I, I truly believe that's when we find our real purpose. Amen. I, I'm that's, with you. That's when we live life fulfilled. Yes, mm. yes, that's that's true. And you know, um, you're talking about going through. We all go through that existential crisis where we're like, "Man, what am I here for? Where am I going? And you know, what's the purpose?" And um, in my teen years, I try to find it in my um, my parents. Parents coming from Samoa, maybe maybe that's where I'll find it. You know, um, I try to find it in uh, New Zealand because I was born in New Zealand. Perhaps this is this is where I'll find it. I try to find it in music, starting a band. Now this is probably who I am. You know, mm. sport. You know, I really thought I was going to be a famous rugby player, and I thought, man, yeah. this is this is where I'm going to find mm. it. You know, I was I was looking for it in all these places, and uh, the only true purpose that I found was when I realized, man, I'm a I'm a son of God, you know, mm. bigger than all these things that I've been looking for. I'm a son of God. You know, this is, this is amazing. And so this is something I really want to share. And, um, uh, uh, 
I wish I knew that that text in Ecclesiastes, uh, the one that says that there is a vacuum, definitely a vacuum in a heart that only God can fulfill. So, when I talked about the will dictating to us, you know, for example, for example, um, you were talking about artificial intelligence just before, but right now, uh, you have a every single one of us that are on technology. If you have a profile somehow, some way, uh, if you've got a Google Google uh, address, uh, email address, then you're online, and they, you know, when you're looking at things, if you're looking at um, uh, for example, for me, I've been looking at a particular car. I want to get a Toyota Land Cruiser Prado. That's the one I'm after. Can't afford a new one, so I'm looking at second-hand ones. And when I'm on Google, guess what? Ads pop up, Jason. All sorts of ads about cars, I reckon. All, cool, all sorts of, <laughs> not, not just cars, they, the Land Cruiser Prado. Yeah, the Land Cruiser, They're yeah. trying to sell me you know, the new mm. one, and they, they know that, that I'm after that. So they've already picked up on an idea of who I am, and now they're trying to put those things on my plate. You know, everything I look at, they're trying to say, here, you want this. This is who you are. You want this thing. You know, take it. And if we're not aware, if we're not self-aware of who we are, if we're not really solid on understanding uh, what we're about, that, you know, uh, uh, we can fall easily to these, these things and just say, yes, I do like that. Oh, yes, I do like the suggestion. I'll click OK. And before you know it, they're already guiding you down a, a rabbit hole that you didn't intend to go down. Right, and so this is this is um, the the whole point of worship is to understand is to realize this is who I am. This is what I'm about. This will tell me what I want, what I need, and this is this will tell me um, you know where I'm going and where where are we going. <laughs> Basically, God wants to be able to restore identity, just like Adam and Eve had before they had uh, partaken of the fruit. You know, and that is that is a, a true sense of worship, a daily walk with Jesus Christ. I mean, how many of us, how many of us want something like that? Mm, so, right, yeah, so right now, I suppose my biggest warning to you, to everyone, is don't get so distracted by things of the world. And then, if you're not, because I know that the older generation, just look at this McCrindle study, uh, the older generation is not as uh, what's the word, not as uh, reliant on technology as the younger generations. And so we need to we need to train and guide the younger generations and making them realize hey listen um, take some time off. Take some yeah, take some time off. You, need, you need to space out from these things to restore the identity. And one yeah one one quick thing. One quick thing when it comes to my kids, you know, um, they've got time limits on devices. And the worst thing to get them when we when we have to have worship straight after the devices and their brains aren't really there yet mm. you know, they need some they need a bit they of need some quiet time before yeah, they quiet do time it. Yeah. you know and, and just uh, just an example brain. for that you know if we train ourselves to know how to live a life of worship um we 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 put ourselves in a, in a space and a place where we're um we're strong and firm in who we are in Jesus Christ. And that's what I really want to encourage for everyone because that's where true freedom lies. Absolutely. David, we've got 18 seconds. Um, tomorrow we're going to be, you're going to be with David Max. Maxwell. Yep. Uh, he's doing a topic called The Prayer Life of Jesus. And uh, we will be back next year with lots of new programs. Yeah, God bless you in the holidays. So uh, thank you for joining us today. And uh, we've got some messages coming in. Thank you for those messages. 
as we go out this is a beautiful song by Ellie Holcomb it's called Wonderfully Made and as we know that uh, God made makes us for a purpose and mm. a reason so may we find that purpose in him Amen May you encounter Jesus more today It's two in the morning and I'm still Shake these lies, they keep running around in my head. But what if I saw me the way that you see me? What if I believed it was true? What if I traded this shame and self hatred for a chance at believing? Oh